The following audio is from Cross Life Church in Tampa, Florida. We are a church that exists to help people find Christ, their place in the body, and their mission to the world. Our calling is to raise leaders and plant churches. So if you live in the Hudson area or near Wesley Chapel, you can also check us out at one of our other locations. For more information, visit us at crosslife.net. I had a buddy of mine, John Reddish. He sent me a text, and I thought, how fitting. Let me see if I can find it. It just come to my attention. But it says, Behold, the nations are as a drop in a bucket and are counted as small as the dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the aisles as a very little thing. <clears throat> Coming out of Isaiah. During that time when Isaiah wrote, the nations were just in upheaval and people were concerned. And God speaking through Isaiah to tell his people, say, you don't need to worry about anything. I have everything under control. And although that's tricky to grab a hold of, uh, we know that it's true. And we should not be, you know, the funny thing is, I've been a believer for 45 years, and it's only been in the last years that I really am seeing the reality of the last days. So we shouldn't be surprised by any of it. Okay, so we are in the Gospel of John. Let me just uh, read... Rosemary asked me, hey, Tracy, we're doing John with the kids back there. We're in Luke 3. We want to know how long we'll be, or we're in John 3. We want to know how long we'll be in the Gospel of John. I told her, I said, I have no idea. We just got done with the first three verses. So you're way ahead of us. I think actually after we get through a few of these, it will move just a little bit quicker. But let me just read verses, we went through 1 through 4 so far, but let me read 1 through 5. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not has not understood it. So, Father, give us grace. Help us be hearers today from your Spirit. Speak truth into our hearts in Jesus' name. Okay, so we've learned that um, Jesus was God from the very beginning. And we talked about briefly in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, I believe it is, that He is the express image of the Father. And it says it this way, he is, a, is, he is the express image, which means He is an exact copy. A, an exact expression of the Father, of His person, of His quality, of His nature. Some translations say He is the very image of His substance. He represents what really exists any appearance, reality, or essential nature. So that's why Jesus, when the disciples asked him, they said, show us the Father and so that we can believe. And he says, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. There's no difference. If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. So verse 5, uh, verse 4 then 
Last week we talked about in him was life, and we talked about the idea that this word life is zoe, which means the life that God is. So in him, in the word, in Jesus was life, the life that God is, and that life, I like it, it's specific, and that life, the life that God is, was the light of all mankind. Now, in our verse today, it says, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, I just want to take uh, some uh, thoughts here. Uh, What comes to your mind when you think of darkness? Somebody? Why don't you be my runner, too? Uh, Oh, Aiden to the rescue. That's okay. I could use exercise. Um, we talked about it a little bit last night, life grip. I mean, you think of darkness too, you think of evil, right? Because you got good and evil, you got light and dark. And it's kind of like what you're talking about with Russia right now, the evil and the evil in the world. And that's why when, like with you or anybody, when you have, before you're a Christian and you have your friends, you hang around, that seems like it's getting louder. But anyhow, um, once you become a Christian and the Holy Spirit lives within you, you start emitting that light. And the friends that you have around you, either they're going to respond positively or, for the most part, they're going to respond negatively. And your friends are going to be repelled by the light because it exposes their darkness or their evil. Somebody else, darkness. What comes to your mind? Got to have some thoughts in here, Alexandra. Well, uh, I was thinking spiritually darkness is like when um, you are completely blind to the light, that is Jesus, you, you don't see him. Okay. Somebody else? Darkness. Good. Confusion. Confusion. All right. Somebody else? Oh, you are raising your hand. I see that. Darkness is a place to hide. Oh, that's interesting. A place to hide. Huh. <laughs> Well, John uses darkness in the, this gospel in a couple different ways. One of them is he uses it for this idea of moral darkness. He uses it for this idea of sin. In Ephesians chapter 5, <clears throat> Paul speaks of darkness uh, concerning darkness as sinful deeds. Uh, to the unbelievers in Ephesus, he tells them, don't participate in the unfruitful works of darkness. And so the darkness then has this meaning of fallen mankind darkened by sin and unbelief. And we ended here last week in John chapter 8, verse 12. I brought this verse out. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never... I love, I love that. I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never... They will never walk in darkness. How many of you would say, whoa, back up the bus. There have been some dark times in my life. Don't tell me I'll never walk in darkness. Well, let me just ask you this question. When you were in the middle of that darkness, was the voice of God there? Was His Word there where you were? And we would have to say yes. What does he say to us? He says, I will never leave you nor 
forsake you. So, I don't know about you, but there are so many times that the world around me and circumstances were very, very dark, but there was one thing that was very, very clear. Jesus never left me. Now, my life wasn't going the way I wanted it to. He wasn't doing what I wanted, when he wanted, how, what I wanted, how I wanted. How many can relate to that? But he was there. So grabbing a hold of this truth that Jesus said, I am the world and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, we need to really grab a hold of. Because he said, you'll never walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. That is so very good. John 12, 46, Jesus says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. So just, those are good verses just to, just to process, just to ponder on, put it up on your mirror, let God speak to you concerning them. He won't leave you, He won't forsake you, and even when you feel like you're in a dark place, He has no intention of you staying there. Because the enemy comes, and he comes in like a flood, but the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. You will find your way through what seems very dark to you if you realize the fact that he is with you. So, the shining of the light, when it says, and the light shines in the darkness, it, this shining of the light, the light of Christ, is, a, is continuous, it's continuous. The darkness around you may be obstinate, but the light is continuous. I love um, <clears throat> where it says, uh, uh, ask and you'll receive, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened unto you. I've shared this before. Um, ask and knock are passive tense. So if I ask, I have, someone has to answer. I'm waiting. If I knock, someone has to respond. I'm waiting. That's the verb tense in the Greek. But seek is not passive. It's present. If you seek, you will find so thinking about this with where we are in life and where we've been through in life, it doesn't matter what's going on around us. We have Christ with us. We have this light with us. And we talked about last week where David said, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light in my path, that as he continues to move, he continues to have light. So what a, what a promise that we have as believers. No matter what it is, and let me just say this, even if you're facing death, That's a temporary situation because we are currently living in what? Eternity. I currently know that if I were to drop dead this moment, I would have life. I, matter of fact, I'd have the very life that I've been living toward. And so we really, when we bring things into perspective, I can't tell how many times I've been at funerals and I've been in my family where it's happened and there is just this temporal viewpoint about 
who we are and who God is and what is going on in the world. So this light continues to shine, even though the darkness is obstinate, it continues to shine. And that's really a major theme throughout John's gospel, this, this opposition of light and darkness when you read through it. But John is telling us that darkness will not overcome the light. It never has. It never will. So, think with me just a minute. Light repelled is not extinguished. If you try to hide from the light, the light is still there. The light still shines. Now just think with me, how many of you, before you received Christ, someone shared the gospel with you, and if you were like me, I was obstinate toward it because the darkness in my life was obstinate toward the light. I didn't want to hear it. And yet, when I laid my head on my pillow at night, that stupid light was there. That, that annoying, Tracy, what Bill said is true. You are tired of living the life you're living. There is a different life, and that life is in Jesus. See, the light still shines. We have to understand the power of the gospel. You share the gospel. And I don't know, we could probably just go around the room right now and just ask before you came to Christ and, and someone shared the gospel with you and how it might have been years later, but how very times it just hit your life. See, because the light still shines. And you can try to repel the light, but you will not extinguish the light because it shines. And the Bible states that those who love the darkness, well, they keep trying to avoid the light. But the light still shines. The darkness in John is, again, it's a couple different ways. It's not only the absence of light, but also he talks about it in this way of being a positive evil. So the light is not only this idea of revelation that we get from Jesus in the beginning and through creation, but we get it through the course of humanity and we see it through God's revealing Himself in the salvation of humanity and the ultimate redemption that will happen at the end. And so the Bible states that those, again, those who love the darkness, they keep trying to avoid the light. And the Word... His coming, Jesus coming in the flesh brought light. And we read it, we see it all the way through the Gospels, we see it in our own life, which we're going to talk about and Keith alluded to, but people love the darkness. And they love the darkness because they loved the evil. Now, if you take an unsaved person, and they don't know anything about Jesus, and you were to tell them that they are enemies with God, they would not agree with that. If you told them that they were living in wickedness, because that's really a, that's, that's like a term that just goes, kabam, right? They would go, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 that, that's not true. I don't love wickedness. I'm not an enemy of God. But it says in John chapter 
3.19, that people love darkness because their deeds were evil. And then verse 20, it says, but when the light does appear, those who it appears to that love darkness, they hate it because they don't want their deeds to be exposed. So John 3.20 says, for everyone that does evil hates the light and does not come to the light that his works may be shown or seen as they are. Thoughts about that? Anybody? Uh, I'm not sure. I think I'm still stuck on the first question, but well, the, these are the thoughts that, but, but it's, uh, I believe it is relational. These are the thoughts that came to my mind. That, you know, the first one is about me, and I was thinking even, I'm sorry, darkness, this, this is what I wrote, darkness always reminds me of light. Therefore, I cannot ever stay living just in darkness. And I also wrote here, when you talk about the unsaved, and that is very true, even unsaved people look up to the light with a mere thought of knowing that there must be a God. Of course, Romans 1, in the wrath of God, it's clear that every man has always known that there is a God. So just a mere thought of thinking that there's a God that takes them to a light, which is the light of Christ. Those who do evil hate the light in fear that their deeds will be exposed. You ever run into that whenever you share with someone? Seems like there's just this... So this idea of that their deeds will be seen as they are. Some translations say that their deeds will be exposed or they'll be, they'll be shown for what they are to find a fault. Maybe to call into count or maybe demanding an explanation. You're talking to somebody and you're sharing about what it looks like to live for Christ and their life doesn't match and all of a sudden they, it's like, uh, I need to give an explanation to why I think I'm right. And yet all along, there's this uneasiness about what is going on at that moment in time. It says that they hate the light. And here's an interesting... It means to detest, but it also means to love less. Think about that for a bit. People have choices between walking with God, not walking with God, being obedient to what God and His Word and His commandments are there and not. And so they make choices. Jesus said you can't love two different masters. You can't walk in the light and after the light and after the darkness. And it, so they love less. See, some love the light less. Now, let me just say this. We need to be careful when we are... So we understand the, the, the uh, what I want to say. We understand the uh, real need of communicating the gospel because it's the power of God that sets men free. It is the power of God that sets men free. No man can come to the Father unless the Spirit, unless the Father, no, Jesus said no man can come to me unless the Father draws him. 
So we know that people aren't just going to wake up and decide, today I'm going to follow Jesus. So there's this process that is going on. There's light that's going out. There's the gospel that's being presented and being told that bring people to the light. And so when you start talking to people and you start sharing, you can immediately sense it. I don't know how many of you, you could raise your hand. How many of you have been in a conversation and started sharing the gospel immediately there was like this? You could tell there was this opposition of light and darkness. It was just, it was undeniable. And so the reality is, is that we need to remember that you used to be them, right? You walked in darkness. And then because of the gospel, because someone loving on you, because someone cared enough, even though you were, if you were like me, you were just a rascal, and you ridiculed them, you tried to slam them down, but yet because of what they initiated, it began to open up something in your life. And so we need, just need to understand that we can't get all selfish self-righteous here when we're talking to people. We need to understand the process that God of this world had darkened their minds. They're born into sin. What sets men free? The gospel. What helps people find life? The light. Jesus Christ. So just keeping that in mind, I think Ephesians 5, 7, and 8. Well, let me just stop there. Anybody got any thoughts about that? Amy and then Ann and then Keith. Allie, I'm Allie. sorry. She's not even here anymore. I know, but it's all the A words. <laughs> you, yeah, you can't even get it right. <laughs> hey, you. Um, I heard a pastor talk once about the light and the darkness, and he preached about um, when he was young and he was scared of the dark and his mom trying to help him get over that. And she put all of those, like, those little glow stars all on his roof um, so that at night when he was falling asleep, he'd have a little bit of light so he wouldn't have to be scared. And he was like six, and he talks about how after laying there for a little while, the stars started to fade. And he ran to his mom's room and was like freaking out because it was dark again. And his mom told him that they're, they're not actually a source of light. They just reflect the big light. So if you want those to be light again, just turn on your light for a little while, then turn it back off and there'll be light again. And he used it as an example of the world is in the dark and we are little lights, but we only burn bright for so long. And to recharge and be able to be light to the world, we need to recharge from the big light. Mm -hmm. So if you want to bring lightness to the world, you can't do that on your own. Eventually you're going to burn out. And the only way to really actually bring light to people living in darkness is to make sure you're recharging in prayer and studying. Yeah, that's real good. Anne? Um, I was just thinking about what it says a little bit further down in one that I don't want to mess up anything you were going to do. So. Oh, go right ahead and um, say whatever you want. <laughs> but anyways, it talks about um, the fact that true light coming into the world enlightens every man. And um, that's what Jesus did. Wherever he went, he enlightened men. And that exposes the darkness because when you're in the presence of true light, um, darkness sees itself. 
because mm -hmm. it, they see the reflection of the light and why we need to, God calls us to be lights because of the fact that that exposes darkness and people are, can see who they really are and then they have, God gives them a desire for them to want to know him and they, those that are going to come to know him are attracted to the light because he later on in John 3 talks about the fact that um, our works are manifested, um, and that's verse 21 and 3, but he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. So when we're doing the deeds that God has called us to, um, we're manifesting God through us so that we can be light to those that are in the darkness. Mm -hmm, that's good. And the reason for doing the gospel. Keith? Uh, this goes along nicely with today in Sunday school in Luke 10. Um, you know, if you think about it, everything we're talking about boils down to this. Remember when Jesus sent on to 72 and they went out and they healed people and they cast out demons and all that? Well, in Luke 10, 17, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the powers of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And as Christians, that's the, name, the main thing, right? We rejoice because our names are written in the book of life, and we have the privilege to go out into the harvest field to see that others can be pointed to Christ so that hopefully their names will be written. Everything else is just extra, mm -hmm. right? So you said a minute ago about somebody what being puffed up or whatever about what you're doing. And, you know, we need to understand that our rejoice, our rejoicing has always got to be in our names written in the book of life because the only reason why there is because God's only son died and bled and paid our sin debt just like anyone else who accepts that. And that's the foundation for everything. So that's our rejoicing. That's our motivation. That's what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. That's good. Anyone else? So I, I shared, I don't know, I'm sure at some point in time, <clears throat> the Word isn't like a high-beam flashlight to shine in a person's face. That's just going to annoy them. But if you're alongside them and you shine that light ahead to help them see what you've seen, to help them find what you've found, that's why uh, John talking about walking in love and walking in fellowship with God and fellowship with one another talks about uh, the fruit of the Spirit is kindness, right? Love, patience, all these types of things are, when they're in our life, those types of things are like that light when you're with someone that helps them see ahead, helps them see around them. You're not condemning them by shining something at them. It's not a self-righteous thing. It is, like he said, it's an appreciation, a gratitude for who God is and what God has done. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 7 and 8, Paul says, um, don't be partakers with, and he's talking about the children of disobedience. He says, you were, form you were formerly in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of the light. Again, that's why we proclaim the gospel. As I said earlier, Paul said if our gospel's hid, it's hidden, it's hindered. The knowledge of it is hindered. It's veiled to those who are perishing because their mind has been blinded. 
to the light of the glory of God, who is the image, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord, and ourselves as your bond servant for Jesus' sake. For God said, who said, let the light shine out of darkness. He is the one who is shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So this is all grace. This is the grace of God in our life. We have received that light into our life, that life into our life. We don't walk in darkness any longer because of that. And we need to understand that they have not yet found that. So what we're trying, what God is trying to do through our life is help them find that by seeing Him in you, like uh, Allie talked about. So the reality is, is that, um, uh, oh, let me read this verse, it's good. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 through 14. But we who have believed in Jesus share in the inheritance of the saints in light, for He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. So, again, the light cannot lose against the darkness. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There's two ways that that is translated and used. Overcome to overcome or comprehend. And the Greek can mean both of those. To overcome or to grasp or to understand, and throughout John's gospel, you kind of see these kind of hand-in-hand being used. When he, when he talks about people will not understand what the Lord is saying and doing, and as a result, they oppose Him. And we see it all the way through Scripture where uh, He is sharing a spiritual truth. Just think with Nicodemus and being born again. Think about the body as His temple. Think about true freedom when he said, what do you mean we're bound and we're bound? We're free. We're children of Israel. And they, didn't, they took it in a literal way and didn't see the spiritual uh, content of what, is, what was being said. They didn't comprehend. They didn't understand. And because we, under, we see this, they didn't understand. They opposed Jesus. And we need to realize that Satan strives to keep people in the darkness because the darkness equals separation from God, and that's exactly what he wants. He doesn't want you to find the life that God is giving. He's the enemy of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, Paul speaks to darkness not comprehending the light this way. He says, the natural man, and we talked about he, in him was life, and that life was light of man, the life that God is, that spiritual life. Now he, Paul is saying... Uh, He said, uh, the natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God because they're foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are discerned spiritually. Even thinking about this, even human intellect, as bright as it is in its fallen state, is in darkness. There's the reality... The reality of the simpleness of needing to understand this truth of who Jesus is and what God has done. That right there. That's what... I I love 
often through the scriptures, the writers just go back and they just paint a very simple picture of here's the big idea, this is what we need to get. And for us as believers, this is what we need to get. We've received what others haven't. And we received it so that we can help others find what we found. Any thoughts? So here's a current paradox John is bringing out and he'll continue to bring out through his letter. The light does not completely banish the darkness. Think, think with me just a little bit. The light does not completely banish the darkness. The darkness does not overpower the light. So light and darkness coexist together for now. For now. Just for now. That will change. That will change. Now, I'm not wanting it to change so that God can just crush people. I'm wanting to change so that we can find and be found in Him. That's what I want it for. I, I want, I, you know, I can't wait to get there. I mean, I'm not just going to go step in front of the truck to get there, but I can't wait to get there. Because I, like you, I've been living my life for that. And when that comes, man, that's going to be an amazing thing. So while we're here, while there is darkness, you need to understand that Jesus said, hey, while you're here, while you're believing in me, you have light. You'll never walk in darkness, no matter what you think. I'm always there. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Though the darkness prevails, at times the light will overcome it. Now let me just say this in closing. John's letter, you know, I, last week I, I brought up the fact that uh, I talked earlier about uh, from Psalms 119, verse 105, it says, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light on my path. And I said, if you have this candle with you, you can see so far ahead of you. And when you advance forward, the light continues to advance forward. You find your way through the darkness. That's why we're encouraged to walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. He's with us. So we will continue to find our way. The darkness will not overcome the light. Now, in the introduction to his letter, I mentioned in our, in, when I did the introduction, I mentioned this, that John chapter, John chapter 2 through 12 is the main body of John's letter, what he's writing about, what he wants us to, uh, the believer, what he's trying to communicate, that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah and by believing you might have life through his name. And in there, he uses talking about signs, these signs that point to Jesus and who He is so that we might believe. And they record at the same time, they record this opposition to Jesus, which ultimately to lead to His crucifixion. And then in John chapter 12, so I said chapters 2 through 12 is the main body of what He's trying to communicate for people to believe. And at the close of chapter 12, verses 35 and 36 says this. Jesus basically sums up this 
public ministry declaring this. For a little while longer, the light, referring to himself, is among you. Walk while you have the light, that darkness may not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, in order that you might become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke, and then he departed and hid himself from them. So he's got this public ministry. And then at some point, he's done with his public ministry. And he walks away from them. He hides himself from the multitudes. Chapters 13 through 17, he focuses on the ministry to his disciples. Chapter 18 through the rest is about his arrest, burial, death, resurrection, ascension. So, marking the end of his public ministry, Jesus says these things. So, for three and a half years, here... Here is Jesus. His life had been living among the Jews as a light shining under their spiritual darkness. The light whom they must believe in in order that they might have spiritual life, new life, his life in them. For us to appreciate again the life that we have, to appreciate again that He's with us, He won't leave us, forsake us. To appreciate again that He's given us something to give. You know, I don't know about you, a lot of people around me, I don't want anybody around me missing what I've found. Think about God being so good to you. God being so good to you? But He was. He reached out. He revealed himself to you. And when he revealed himself to you, and you believe that, you no longer walk in darkness. You no longer live without him. He's with you. What a what a what an amazing truth. Amen.